Man, Brother Buddy got up here and started saying what he was saying. If you didn't feel that, we need to get check your pulse afterwards. Make sure you're kicking. Amen. Y'all excited to be here? Y'all glad to be here? I had some announcements, but I'm skipping that. We're just going to get straight into the Word. God's good. He's always good. Brother Buddy said he's the same. That means he's the same yesterday, the same right now. He's going to be the same tomorrow. He hadn't changed a bit. He said he was here before the virus. He was here before the fires. He was here before all that. He knew that was going to happen before it ever happened. He was here then. He's here now. He'll be here tomorrow. Before anything ever comes your way, before anything ever happens, you need to know he's already got the answer to your question before the question ever arose. Before the problem ever came into existence, into your life, he already had the answer to the problem. He already had the way out. Before you ever fell down in the rut, he was already backed up with a toe strap ready to pull you out. He's not surprised. He didn't say, wow, I didn't see that one coming. God's not taken by surprise. Amen. But sometimes we get surprised and everybody freaks out and goes crazy. If you had not seen anybody freak out and go crazy lately, you hadn't, you've been living in a box somewhere. Anyway, here we go. We're going to get into the Word. 15, Exodus 15, the 26th verse. And when I touch that, that's not what's coming up. Healing is here is coming up. It's still coming up. On my screen, I see. I don't see what you see. I love when these things happen. Hmm. Well. Let's see. Who can I beat after church for this? Will it be JT? Or will it be my wife for leaving me and going to the beach? Maybe both. I'm going to try to read it off that screen, but it's mighty small. Or I could just open my Bible and go old school. I mean, yeah, I'll just turn it around. I look better to y'all that way. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His side, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. Now, here's what, here's what I want you to get out right here. Listen up to this one. For I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. You got to get that, get that into your heart. He is. I am. He's not the used to be or I was or I will be. He's the I am. I'm the Lord that heals you. I, he, what did Moses say? Who should I tell him sent me? He says the I am. Tell him the I am that I am sent you because he, he is the I am. He is the I am. His name is, uh, that's, let's, let's look at the names of God right here. I got these written down on a separate sheet of paper. But he's, he's the I am. I am the God who heals you. Now we have nothing up there. Unbelievable. Wow. Okay, here we go. Now it's up there. Does anybody have a gun? There may be a riot here today, and I'm going to start it. Um... The I am. So, like I said, he was and still is. I've, I've written down here some of the names of God. Not all of them, but some of them. Some of the more, uh, I'd say, popular, the ones you've heard more than the others. Some of them are very, are extremely hard to pronounce. I left some of those off just so I wouldn't make a mess of it. But um, I, want you, I want you to listen right here. This is some of the names of God. Um, um, El Shaddai. All-sufficient one. He's the all-sufficient one. Elohim, all-powerful one. Emmanuel, God with us. God's with us. If, he, if He's with us, then who can be against us? If He be for us, who can be against us? And God is with us. The great I am. He was with us. He is with us. And He'll always be with us. That can't change. The name of God can't change. It's not He used to be with you. God's with us. Jehovah, I am. And then you've got... Jehovah Jireh, which means I am what? Your provider. We sing a song, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. His grace is sufficient. 
Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. Jehovah Nisi, he's the banner. Say, what in the world does that mean? Well, when Moses came out and he's with the children of Israel, they're not soldiers and they're not warriors, but they went up against some soldiers. They went up against some warriors. But the thing is, Moses had somebody on his side, on their, on their, on their side, that the others didn't have. That's why they were victorious against the Malachites and basically everybody they came up against because you know why God was their banner? Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah uh, uh, Roa, Ro, I don't even know how to pronounce that one. But that's, that's the, I am your shepherd, the Lord your shepherd. Jehovah Shalom, peace. Do you believe where peace comes from? Do you believe that he's peace? When he stood out in the boat and he said, peace, he said, shalom, and the storm calm, calm down. Where, where does the peace come from? Peace comes from the Lord. Other things that you think gives you peace, that just gives you peace for a minute till the bill comes in. You know what I mean? It makes you happy. It feels real good sitting down in that new truck driving down the road. Oh, this is peaceful. But that bill comes every month, and that's not very peaceful, is it? Real peace comes from the Lord. You don't have to have a new truck, new house. Things in the world can be going wrong. Things can be going wrong in your life. But you can still have peace that people don't understand. That's why they say it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what the Scripture tells us, because people don't understand it. But once you've experienced it, nothing else compares to it. Amen? Jehovah Sikhanu, that means He's your righteousness. Jehovah Asuri, He means He's your rock. He's your rock. Um, Jehovah Rapha, which is what I want to get to. He's your healer. He's your healer. He is your healer. So if He... We'll stop there. If he is, I am all these things, then is he, I am your healer? Is he your Jehovah Rapha? Or is he just these others and we just X that one out? Because a lot of people have X that one out. They don't really believe that. Why? Because I, how do I know? Because I hear the way they talk. Some churches don't even believe it. If God's in a good mood today, he'll heal you. If he's not, he won't. He might heal this one. He might heal that one. We don't really know. It's just up to the mysterious will of God. Well, the scripture plainly says, for I am the Lord who heals you. And his name is Jehovah Rapha, which is the God that heals you. That's one of his names. You can't exit out. If you're going to exit out, you might as well just throw the whole list away. And it aggravates me. It fires me up because people teach the wrong thing. People teach the wrong thing. He is a God that heals you. Amen. If you really believe 100% in your heart without zero shadows of a doubt that He's the Lord who heals you, then we wouldn't go around saying if. I've heard a whole lot of ifs. Well, I believe He's the God that heals me, but if I catch the Rona, what do you mean if? What are we saying if for? I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus, but if... Did the children of Israel put the blood on the doorpost and go and say, I hope this works, but if it don't, we're doomed? Do we go down to the hospital and lay hands on the sick and pray for them and tell them Jesus died for them and he's Jehovah Rapha, their healer, but if it don't work, I'll preach your funeral? What's if? Go read your Bible. Go get in Proverbs. He says the power of life and death on your tongue. There is no ifs. There is no ifs. But if I get it, I can't give it to my mama, my grandma, my kids, my co-workers. If, if, I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus, but if. No, you got to get the if out of your vocabulary. Get it out of your language. There ain't no if. Do you say, if I go to hell? No, because you believe Jesus died on the cross for you and his blood was shed and he's your redeemer. He's your savior. But do you go around and say, well, I believe he's, he's my Savior, and I believe he died for me, but, well, if I go to hell, do we talk like that? Why, heavens, no. Why don't we talk the other way? You're just as healed as you are saved. It says he's the God that, he's the God that heals you, Jehovah Rapha. You've got to get it down into your heart, people. And me too. I'm talking about if we've ever had a test, it's right here, right now. If it wasn't bad enough, it's getting worse. Now they're burning down entire cities. Who's to say, it's not coming to a city near you? Are we going to run in the, in the closet and hide? What will we do? Will we stand on the Word of God? That's what you need to do. Amen. Those are my names of God.
Praise the Lord. If one of those names has passed away, they've all passed away. But let me tell you, none of the names of God's passed away, that means none of them's passed away. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the I am. He's always been the I am. He'll always be the I am. Amen. In Jeremiah, the 8th chapter, 22nd verse, it says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of my daughter of my people? Yes, there was balm in Gilead. That means there's healing ointment. It was there. Is there no physician there? Yeah, there was a physician there. So he's saying, is there not a bomb there? Yeah. Is there not a physician there? There is. Why is there no recovery for the health of my daughter, for my people? Let's go to the 17th chapter of Jeremiah, the 14th verse. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Well, let me back up just a minute to, 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 to the scripture we just read in Jeremiah there. Is there no ointment? Is there no healing? Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no doctor? In other words, you can apply that to your life right now. Is God not here with us? Is He not the same yesterday, today, and forever? Has He changed? Did He leave? Did He check out of town? Is the physician still here? The healing ointment still here? Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. Do you see those? Those are the, it's, it's the same thing. It's coming from the same wheel right there. Jesus is our Savior and He's our healer. It doesn't say He's just your Savior. It says He's your Savior and your healer. It's right there in the same Scripture. It's one and the same. Are you all awake out there? For some reason, we get over into He's just a Savior. Churches teach He's just a Savior. He's only the Savior. Healing is just, well, maybe, maybe not. It depends. If you dot all the I's and cross all the T's or God feels like it today, does God save you some days and let you go to hell other days? Why no? But there are churches that do teach that. There's churches that say that healing's passed away with, so you can say one of the name of God's has passed away. Total lie, completely straight from the pits of hell. People are solid. There's churches in the community. There's some people here in this room I could go up to you and I could uh, question salvation. Did Jesus really die for you? you, you boy, you, you solid on that. You shouldn't be. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to heaven. But I couldn't talk you out of it. Could I talk you out of the fact that you might not be saved, that the blood of Jesus might not have did the job, that you might go to hell? Could I talk you out of uh, heaven being your eternal destination? Can I talk you out of it? Why can I talk you out of your healing? So the title of today's message is this. Have you been tested lately? Have you been tested? Don't answer the question. Have you been tested? Have you tested positive or negative? I ain't talking about Corona, I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about if you went and got tested today, would you test positive or would you test negative? A whole lot more people in this world, in this country, Christians, not people, Christians, are testing negative than they are testing positive, I can tell you. I've talked to them, I've heard them, I've looked at them, I can see their faces, I can see the demeanor, Facebook posts, just what comes out of their mouth, too much if coming out of their mouth, too much negative, to me, negative test. And in my lifetime of almost 45 years, I've never seen it exactly like this where everybody gets tested at the exact same time. I see like a whole big group over here and one person having a struggle and this group prays for that group of that family or those few people. But this group over here is doing fine. Life's good. We're floating down the river of ease. And then this group, we're praying for them, and then things get better. And then one more out of the group, now they're over here, and they're not doing good. But now it's just all in one, everybody. Everybody's faced with the exact same test at the exact same time. Everybody. And I've never seen so much fear. Who cares what Dr. Fochi says? Is that his name? Is it Fochi? Fauci? Shows how much I pay attention to old Fauci. If we had a nation that listened to the voice of God and was led by the Holy Spirit instead of Dr. Fauci, who I wouldn't be surprised if in the months to come we find out he was on the Clinton's payroll. It's a possibility. Of course, then he's going to commit suicide. But 
But who cares what Dr. Fauci says? Stick to what the Word of God says. That's the only thing. that They've changed so many times. Everybody's going to die, and all half of you is going to die. Well, now just this means going to die. Oh, it's back to everybody's dying. It's spiking up. We all dying. But you notice the protesters are not six feet apart. I don't think they're too much worried about the Rona. But see how it keeps changing? The Word never changes. It's the truth. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Stick to the Word. That's the only thing that is truth. That it, it is literally truth. We're not talking about the truth. We're talking about truth. Like it's truth. Praise the Lord. People are solid on Jesus being their Savior, and you should be, but you should be just as solid on Him being your healer. You should be just as solid as on Him being your protection. You should just be solid on Him being your provider. He's all those things. The disciples are on the boat. We've preached that sermon and preached that sermon and preached that sermon. Many people in this room have preached that sermon. If you had stood behind the pulpit and preached it, you've told it to your friends. And if you're reminded about the Jesus and the, down in the boat, the disciples were all scared because this squall blew up, this storm blew up, and the waves got real big, and the waves are coming over the boat, and Jesus is just down there sleeping on a pillow. And his disciples are freaking out going, don't you care if we die? And Jesus got up and he's like, Peace. He said, why are you afraid? Where, do you, not, you still don't have any faith? Do you realize we're on that boat right here right now? And most Christians are doing the same thing. They're in fear just like the disciples. Even though we preach, don't be in fear like them. Why do you think that example is in the Bible? It's in there for you and I so we can see. Don't be like that. We need to be in total, complete faith because if Jesus is on your boat, it's not going to go down. But we're the same way, in fear. Oh, don't you care if we die in this Rona? And Jesus is like, what are you afraid of? I mean, I'm right here with you. I haven't left you guys. We should be just as solid both ways, but we're not. Um, people hear about Jesus is not their healer and they don't, you know, they hear things along those lines. That, that died away with the apostles and it passed away and all that. And they have a hard time receiving the healing because they've been in, uh, in under a teaching for years and years. That's what they've been told. I mean, it'd be no different than you trying to tell me that healing uh, doesn't belong to me because, well, first of all, you're too late because I've already seen it. I've already experienced it, I already felt it, and I believe it. But you're not changing my mind. So people that's been taught that healing's not for today, it's hard to change their mind as well because that's what they've been told. That's what grandma, grandpa, mom and daddy, and that's what my pastor taught me. But old Scott back there, he's my buddy. He went to Honduras one time. You know what? Honduras, people over there he had talked to in that country, they, they didn't sit down and get talked to every Sunday and Wednesday like you and grow up and hear about Jesus. But when, when they would go into these people and talk to them and tell them about the love of Christ and tell them everything provided to them and tell them that he is their healer, they'd receive it. They'd come up and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They would would receive healing, they'd fall out under the power of the Holy Spirit. Those things happened there, and I remember him coming back telling me about it, and he was like, it's crazy how they received totally different than we do here. And I was like, yeah, because I've never heard it before. It's like trying to unteach somebody. You try to hire somebody with bad habits, and you got to undo their bad habits to teach them the correct way to do it. Same thing applies right here with the Word of God. People have been taught wrong, and then you got to renew their minds. Y'all following me? And why I say that to say this, we need some mind renewal. We need some mind renewal. Just like those people over there haven't heard all the stuff that we've heard here. What if you hadn't heard about COVID? What if you'd never heard one thing about it? Would you be scared? Would you be in fear? Would you test positive for fear? You hadn't heard about it. What is there to be afraid of? Same thing with them. They hadn't been told about healing's been passed away and that God don't do those things anymore. But the fact of the matter is healing hasn't passed away. He's still the Lord, your healer. He's still the Lord, the healer, that he hasn't changed. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. In Psalms, the 103rd Psalm. Psalms 103. And there she is. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Hang on right there. Benefits. You see, don't say benefit. Because it is a heck of a benefit to not go to hell, definitely. But it's a plural word there. It's benefits because there's a whole lot of benefits that were supplied to you and I by the blood of Jesus. Way more than one. Psalms 103, I preached on this one time. I called it the benefit package. It'd be like going to work and saying, nah, just pay me for my 40. I don't want the 401k. I don't want the profit sharing. I don't want that health insurance. Oh, Christmas bonus, nah, just keep that. Would anybody in their right mind do that? Why no? Your company gives you all those things and you still say it's not enough. You want more benefits. <laughs> It's bigger than just heaven. It's not heaven only. Like I say, if heaven was the only thing, praise the Lord for that. That's the main thing because we're going to heaven. But forget not all his benefits. Go to the third verse. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Now, all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Just stay right there. Heals all your iniquities and all your diseases. You know what all means? You look up the word all in the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the... Uh, uh, Chaldean, you look it up, all means all. It means all. Forgives all your iniquities. What if I told you he only forgave some of your iniquities? Sorry, the blood of Jesus was not powerful enough to cover that. It's not looking good for you. Would you believe it? Who heals all your diseases? All is all. Iniquities is plural, diseases is plural. All is all. It's one of the benefits. Um, what happened is probably 100 or 200 years ago, someone preached. They prayed for somebody, and they weren't healed. So they concluded that it wasn't God's will to heal everybody. Well, they're wrong. Because experiences doesn't change the Word of God. I've had some experiences myself, but my bad experiences does not change the Word of God. Truth, this word right here is truth, and truth is not subjective, and truth is not relative. Truth is not based off your experiences. Your experiences doesn't change the Word of God. Truth is the truth, and the truth never changes. The truth has never changed, and the truth will never change. I'm your pastor, the shepherd of the flock. I hope you like me. I got one amen and two, two grunts. I'll take it. I preach this word to you every week. I believe everything I preach. This ain't no job. This is a life. What if I go crazy? And I decide I'm going to leave my wife of 20 Five, coming up on 25 years and my four kids and I'm just going to go off and run off and get me another woman and I'm just going to abandon my family and just let them out on their own. Would you be disappointed? Would you be hurt? I'm not going to do it. My point is that would be a bad experience. The church you've been going to for years, somebody's been preaching to you, somebody's been teaching you, Ran off and did such a thing. Would that change the truth? Would that change the word of God? If I lose my mind and go crazy and do something like that, does that change the truth? Don't let what you believe and what you put faith in be changed off the, by the actions of a man or a woman. In other words, the truth is the truth. Experiences don't change that. Amen. Talking about being founded on the rock. Have you been moved lately? Have you been moved by fear lately? Well, you have to check your foundation. Are you founded on, rock, on the rock? Is your soul anchored? Have you been moved? These are just some things to 
ask yourself, talk to yourself about, just to roll around in your mind and check yourself, kind of do an inventory of where you're at. But uh, I want to reemphasize that you can't base beliefs on what happens to others. We're basing our belief on what this word right here says. And in the third verse, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases, forgives all, would you accept less? And I believe the answer is no. Guess what? Same verse, same God. It's the same God that forgives all your iniquities. It's the same God that heals all your diseases. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All means all. The truth never changes. And when you get a hold of this truth, and I'm preaching to you this morning, and I mean get a hold of it, when you take a grab of it, hold of it, you get it down on the inside of your heart, hidden away, ain't nobody getting it out. I'm talking about when you get a good grab and a good hold on it, you'll be set free. That's what's going to set you free. If you look in John the 8th chapter in the 31st verse, it'll tell you right here that if you abide in Him, Jesus said to the Jews who believed Him, if you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, it's, the truth doesn't set you free. It's knowing the truth. And it says, abide in my word. In other words, you got to get in it and stay in it. you got to stay there. you got to hunker down, nestle down, and stay in the truth, stay in the word. You can't be moved by the news. You can't be moved by Facebook. You can't be moved what the preacher on TV did, the preacher down the street did. You can't be moved by your experiences. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all with me? We've got to grab hold of this thing. And I've written out so many scriptures, I'm just having to, we might have to get into that another week because we'd be here for a long time. You've got to grab hold of this thing. And like I said, this will be the anchor from your soul. Anchor for your soul. Um, I need it. Kyle or Walker, one of y'all, I need you to come down here front and center, make it snappy. And Luke. Luke and Kyle. Just right down here. If. Have y'all said the word if? Have y'all heard anybody say the word if? If. If. If, 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 if. Y'all just square off right here facing one another. Okay? For those of you that don't know, get up here in the center of this camera. Back up a little bit. Just make sure they can see, see you well. Um, well, you got to step up on him now. That's good right there. <laughs> this is my son right here. He's 15. And uh, he, he's, he's, he's growing. He's, he's getting a little size on him. But at the same time, he's a teenage boy. He's a teenage boy. Now... This right here's a full-grown man. He's well over 200 pounds. He's 100 pounds heavier than him. I can tell that by looking at him. It's a big difference there. Now, these y'all teenage boys, I know that testosterone gets flowing. and y'all think y'all something. <laughs> big difference between teenager and a grown man. You know how I know? Because I used to be a teenager. Big old difference. Get, grab a hold of Dad see what happens. But anyway, <laughs> let's just say, for instance, you were on a dark alley somewhere or just way off in a remote place and there is nobody around. There's no police. There's no adults. There ain't nobody but you and him. Now, this man, look at him. Look at him kind of mean. Yeah, just look at him mean. <laughs> this man right here says, hey, boy, I'm fixing to just really hurt you really bad. I'm going to put you in a headlock. I'm going to pound you down. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to beat you to a pulp. I'm being serious now. Would you be scared? Would you have fear? You would? You'd be scared? All right. Now, if your daddy's down here with you, and this man right here says he's fixing to whoop you, are you going to be scared? No. Don't sit down. That's a natural thing trying to point out something to you in the spiritual. Your daddy hadn't left you. He's always with you. COVID's standing in front of you, whatever's standing in front of you. If you're scared, have you forgotten that your daddy's beside you? Ain't nothing to be scared of. My daddy's here. Abba Father's here. My Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, he's right here. He hasn't left the scene. There ain't nothing to be scared of. Amen. Dear Lord, 
We got to look different than the rest of the world. They're in fear and trembling. Jesus says, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Go count how many times is in your Bible and go count how many times is in the day of the week, the day of the year. There's a fear not for every day. You know why? That's because you're not supposed to be in fear. I know, but this looks bad. It looks ugly. The doctor said, they said, the news said, the bank said, they all said. I don't care what none of them said. What did Jesus say? He said, fear not. I'm with you. I'm your provider. I'm your healer. I ain't left you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll stick closer to you than a brother. Greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world. And if I be for you, then who can be against you? He, Jesus has said all these things to us. You got to grab a hold of it. That's got to be the anchor for your soul. You got to say no to fear. Absolutely. I will not get in fear. I don't care what nobody says. I'm not going to get in fear. If y'all tell me right now, everybody in this entire building has COVID but me, I'm not going to get in fear. That's the mindset you need. What is there to be feared of? Is God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is He's the great I am? Has He changed? Well, hello? Amen, He hasn't changed. Praise the Lord. Where was we at? We're in, we're in Psalms 103, weren't we? One of Psalms 103, the fourth verse. Psalms 103, 4. Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with love, kindness, and mercies. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve that. I didn't deserve to be redeemed. I, I, didn't, I don't deserve uh, loving kindness. I don't deserve tender mercies. You get what you don't deserve. Praise the Lord for that. Go to the fifth verse. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed by the eagles. All the time I hear people say this to my grandmother, for example, is... How young she looks. They think she's my mother. Gets around good, drives good, does all these things. Youth being renewed by that. How do you do it? How do you do it, Granny? Do you go to some kind of special treatment or something? Yes, yeah, she does. It's called the Psalms 103 treatment. She got the whole full treatment. Some of you people is 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Grab a hold of this verse so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise the Lord. You ever seen somebody older? They just grab a new gear. They're going on down the road, and you're like, dear Lord, how are they doing that? They got the full 103 treatment. It's 11.30. We're getting there. We're getting close. I know y'all perked up. Matthew 18, 14. I don't know why I keep clicking this thing because it's doing absolutely nothing. I'm just, you know, faith. I'm just got faith in that somehow they're going to do something up there. But Even so, it's not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones shall perish. You know what? This verse is following the verse where it says he leaves the 99 and goes after the one because that one's important to him. That one's so important to him that he's going out there because even though he's got the 99, he don't even want this one to perish. And it says, even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. That's you. That's me. It's not his will that any shall perish. So people say, is it his will to heal? I don't know. Is it his will to save? Have I ever preached to somebody and they heard the message of the cross but they didn't receive and they went on down the road unsaved not forgiven and they decided just to live out in the world and go to hell sure lots of people don't receive it I preach the same sermon to crowds of people some receive it some don't was it God's will no it was God's will that all were receiving that none shall perish so you can say the same thing with healing well I didn't see them healed must not be God's will say what that's like saying they weren't saved and it wasn't God's will Yes, it's God's will. It's God's will that none shall perish. It's always His will for you to be healed. It's never His will for you to perish. It's never uh, His will for you to go through life broke, busted, disgusted, miserable. Yeah, that's not His will. He don't want you to limp into heaven and go, Woo, woo, I made it, but it's a tough life down there. No, on earth as it is in heaven, we're supposed to be experiencing the benefits right now. Why does he say, pray that way? Because things on earth are not as they are in heaven. That's why we pray that way. Amen. We got, we got to get out of this fear. We got to get out of this fear. 
Out, fear out. Look out, Kevin, don't stand in the way because it's going out the door today, baby. Fear, doubt, and unbelief is going on down the road. There's no gray area with faith. It's straight up you either believe or you don't. It's either the truth to you or it's not. I know you say, well, I want to believe. I really want to believe. You either believe or you don't. If you want to, but you're not there, let me tell you what to do. Cut off Rick and Bubba. Cut off the talk radio. Cut off the Facebook, the Instagram. Cut off the CNN, the Fox News, and get into the Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith has not come by hearing talk radio. Faith has not come by hearing Hank Williams Jr. sing Whiskey Bent Hellbound. That's not going to help you faith. These things aren't going to help your faith. So you can't say, I just don't know why I don't have any faith. I can tell you why. I know where you spend your time. Amen or oh me, it's the truth. You can go through life and say, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you couldn't help it, Jesus wouldn't have said you could. You can have what you want. You can have what you say. What's what you pay attention to. It's what you incline your ear to. It's what you let into your heart. It's what you put before your eyes. And it's the Word of God. Some will find it, some won't. But the ones that do find it, guess what? It's life and it's everlasting life. And it's a, a healing and medicine to their flesh. Go read it. It's in Proverbs, the 18th chapter, starting in the 21st verse. Or no, it's not. It's 420, starting in the 20th verse. 1821 is actually life and death on the power of your tongue. That's two of my favorites. I kind of got them mixed up, so forgive me. Amen. First Peter, back to where I was at right there. First Peter, the third chapter, the ninth verse. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. This is a promise that he's made. I am the Lord, your healer. It says he's not slack in this promise, as some count slackness. Do you count it slackness? He's not slack. But he's long-suffering towards us. Not willing that any should perish. It's not His will that you perish, but that all shall come to repentance. He's long-suffering. In other words, when did you get saved? Maybe not when did you come down the aisle, or when did you do it for granny, or when did you do it for your girlfriend, or when did you do it because all the other kids do it. I'm talking about when did you really sell out and say, I'm going to live for Jesus. No, I'm not. I'm just going to... Did, did, you, did you sell out and say, I'm surrendering my heart to Jesus uh, within the past five years. Okay. Well, if you'd have done it 25 years ago, would it have worked just the same? In other words, five years ago, you were ready. But was God ready 25 years ago? He's always been ready. He's long-suffering towards us, not that any shall perish, that all shall come to repentance. It's, it's, you got ready. He's always been ready. God has always been ready. You could have got saved and sold out when you was 10, 12, 20. I did when I was 33. Now, I got saved multiple times by the time I was 7 or 8 all the way to 33. But I'm talking about when I was 33 years old, I said, yep, this is it. This is it. I am done. I am living for the Lord. I surrender my life to you. And everything that's mine is yours. And I want everything that you've provided to me. And I want it. And I ain't looked back. I ain't changed. I ain't fell off the wagon. I ain't went a day without reading the Word. I ain't went a day without talking to the Lord. I've lived it. I changed. Something changed. I sold out for the Lord. But was He ready when I was 23? Absolutely. He's always been ready. He's not slack concerning these things. He's ready. He's ready. When the COVID came, he was ready before the COVID came. When you get the diagnosis from the doctor or whatever it was, he was ready. When a tree fell on your house and something, something happened because of that or insurance issue or something like that, did God know the tree was going to fall on it before? Did he know you were going to have a money situation? I'm just saying, I'm just using an example here. He knew it before. He was ready before the tree fell. Amen. And that Proverbs 4.20 about paying attention, paying attention, turning your face away from things and looking and paying attention to the Lord, turning your face away from the worldly things. 
turning your face away from the lies because anything that's contrary to this word is a lie. I don't care what the doctor said. Anything contrary to the word of God is a lie and you've got to look at it that way. I'm just going to stick to the truth and only the truth. Yeah, but they said, well, so what? They practice them. That's why they call it practicing medicine. They ain't got it right yet. They still practice them. But see, there's one that has got it right. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. I'm going to close in Isaiah. I'm going to let y'all, I would say hit the buffet, but you ain't going to hit the buffet. They won't let you in up there. I tried it yesterday. You know why? Many are scared. They're in fear. They don't know what you do. They don't know the word. I'm not saying be disrespectful. I'm not saying go down to the hospital and say, excuse me, could you, could you walk me through the, uh, uh, the most sickest people here and let me just uh, let them spit on me? I mean, that's stupid. I'm not talking about that. J- Jesus was out there and Satan was trying to test him. Did he, did he jump off the, the highest point and to the rocks? No. But, 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 when people with leprosy came saying, Jesus, I, I know you're able, but are you willing? Did he touch them? Or did he say, oh my gosh, they got cooties and run? He didn't run from the leprosy. I would much rather touch somebody and hug somebody. I'd rather kiss somebody on the lips with COVID than I had with leprosy. That stuff eats you away, man. Look at pictures of it. It's straight up nasty. It's a miserable, horrible death. Jesus went and touched them, laid hands on them, prayed for them. He says, what I did, you can do. He said, actually, what I did, you can do even greater because I go to the Father on your behalf. We need to be like Him. He came and showed us how to do it. He said, here, here's how you do it. Do it like me. He gave us an example for 33 years. He walked on this earth for three years. He was in the ministry. He gave us an example of how to do it, how to believe, how to have faith, how to love people, how to forgive people. He gave us an example. He said, do it like me. What about people getting in your shadow? They brought sick people out on beds. Peter walked by, a shadow falls on him, and they're healed. You know what? You ought to be thinking this way. Not if I come in contact with somebody with a Rona, what's going to happen to me? But you need to be thinking about if I come in contact with somebody with a Rona, what's going to happen to them? Because you know Jesus didn't get leprosy, but the leprosy people with leprosy got what Jesus had. I'm going to go through Walmart. If anybody even gets right here in my shadow, they're going to be healed. Not. Oh, I hope I didn't touch nothing in there. Woo! I wouldn't use hand sanitizer of that. I'd rather use hand sanitizer because I don't know who's been picking their nose before they grab the gas pump. That's gross. I'm not even worried about their germs. It's just I don't, it's gross. You've seen pictures of people with the gas pumps. They got one hand on the pump and they got the other hand stuck down their britches digging around back here. That's why I use hand sanitizer. Well, you've seen the pictures. There's some nasty critters out there. You know, and I work on a construction site. Hey, you know, you don't always have a handkerchief. Sometimes people, you know, put their finger on one side of their nose and shoot one missile out, and then it don't all come out, and they use their hand. And then they grab the drill, and the next thing you know, you've touched the drill, and you're like, yeah, I need some hand sanitizer. That's nasty. I'm just being real. I'm sure y'all have some examples as well. I've have, trust me, I've got more than that. I got it. That's I got a. Some of it's not fit for human consumption. So, okay, we gotta hurry. As, um, Isaiah thirty-eight one. Listen to this. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, went to him and said to him, "Thus says the Lord." Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. And then the second verse. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall, and he prayed to the Lord. Um, just run on, keep on running through the six. And said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray. 
how I have walked before you in the truth, and with a loyal your heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, that the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, and surely I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Do you see here, the, has a, the prayer didn't change God's mind. It didn't change the truth. The prayer changed Hezekiah. He turned his face towards the wall. He turned his face from everything else. He shut his whole, he shut everything out. And I'm telling you this morning as born again Christian believers, sometimes we're in this place right here where God's saying, if you keep going the way that you're going, if you keep living in this fear, if you keep living in this doubt, if you keep living in this adulterous affair, if you keep living in whatever you're living in, you're going to die. You're going to die. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall in the second verse, and Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and he prayed to the Lord. That's important. That goes right along with Proverbs, the fourth and the twentieth, uh, fourth chapter, twentieth verse. He turned his face towards the wall. He inclined his ear to the voice of the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. He listened to the word. He put it in front of his eyes. He didn't let it depart from his heart. He changed. He changed. And in the ninth verse, in the ninth verse, um, there is no ninth verse on here. This is the writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Uh, he had been sick and recovered from, from his sickness. So here's what happened. He was going to die. He turned his face towards the wall, but he began to pray. And then the Lord said, I'm going to give you 15 more years. I'm going to deliver you. I want to deliver the entire city. Imagine if the leaders of this country turned their face to the wall. Well, we can't wait for the leaders of the country to turn their face to the wall. You've got to turn your face to the wall. So here's what he began to write, and we're going to skip on down there to the 15th verse. What shall I say? He has both spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I shall walk carefully all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O oh Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is life of my spirit. So, so you will restore me and make me live. Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. For the grave, that's what that word means, cannot... Thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot change hope for your truth. The living, the living man, he shall praise you as I do this day. The Father shall make known you, your truth to your children. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs with stringed instruments. Uh-oh. Don't tell the church of Christ. All the I forgot we're on live now. You can't say stuff like that. Now I got Church of Christ friends. I give them a hard time all the time. You know, because you can listen to instruments when you listen to country music, but when you're preaching preaching about Jesus, nip, no guitars for that. It's crazy, isn't it? This is when I wanted to get to right here. Get a hold of this now. He's about to die. Y'all remember we read it. He said, "You're going to die." Basically, the way you're going is leading to death. And Hezekiah, in the ninth verse, says, here's what I got to say right here. The Lord was ready to save me. He was ready to save me. Brother Buddy opened up. He just what Brother Buddy said. The Lord was ready to save me before the fires. The Lord was ready to save me before the COVID. The Lord was ready to save me before the bank called. The Lord was ready to save me before I had this relationship issue. The Lord was ready to save me before I got the report from the doctor. The Lord was ready to save you way before. The ram was coming up the other side of the mountain. At the same time, it was already provided before Abraham got to the top. Come on, whole praise team, come on up.
I hope this message wasn't too hard. We just got to believe what this word says. Fear not. Fear not. If my daddy is standing right beside me, what have I got to be afraid of? That's why we did that example. You got to remind yourself of who your daddy is. And he's right beside you. He's not left you. He's not gone anywhere. He's always been there. He's the I am. He was, he is, and he is to come. Nothing's changed. What have we got to be scared of? Literally, what do we have to be scared of? Nothing. You know what? If Kyle would have answered and said, makes you want to cry thinking about it because it troubles me, it upsets me. If he would have said he was scared even though I was standing beside him, it would upset me really bad. He ain't got nothing to be afraid of. He ain't got nothing to be afraid of with me right there, I can tell you. I wonder how God feels when we're just so scared and so in fear and unbelief. He's just right there beside you saying, I'm right here. What have you got to fear? We need to be like Hezekiah. Turn our face to the wall. Amen. Let's just stand to our feet this morning. And as they begin to minister and the Lord begins to minister to us through song, it's just an opportunity this morning. Turn your face towards the wall. Maybe repent for some things. to spend a few moments with the Lord. Just ask Him, Lord, what are you speaking to me this morning? What way do I need to go? What steps do I need to take? Because everybody here is on a different page and everybody here has got different things going in life. It's not a one-size-fits-all. I understand that. But God's the answer to every problem. He's the solution to every problem.